It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. God, can we have any slower a pace of music? I just come out of the streets. I'm battling in the streets and with this, uh, like, constipation. You know, there's two ways you can do this. You can come in every week and complain about the music, or you can give them some guidance before you walk in the door. Oh, no doubt. But when you're, when you're a street fighting man, you don't want to hear stuff oh, like yeah. this. Yeah, the world, we know we should play for you the world's smallest violin because uh, of... Uh, uh, but I loved it. Coming out, it was, first of all, it was, it's a schwitz out there. And, and I love it. I love the heat. The more the humidity, the better. I've got my uh, frigid air uh, a jacket on, my guardian angel jacket. But wait a minute. Did you ever create, is there a lighter version of the beret that you use in no, the summer? No, I want wool. Wool, because it keeps all the heat right by my medulla and cerebellum. I'm schwitzing. I've got the, the red sateen jacket. Yeah. I'm hermetically sealed in. But see, it's a Polish way of staying cool. Yeah, no, everybody says me, this is crazy. It works why, for me. And that's why it smells so delicious in the studio. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> a little slice of deliciosity. Oh, by the way, uh, Al, Al Roker went crazy. A uh, study came out and it said you should only shower two or three times a day because you remove valuable minerals and other particulae on your skin. So he's going, man. I like showering twice a day. Remember, Dinkins used to do two times a day. So what are you talking about? And then there are people who are obsessed with deodorant. The New York Times has these people who have, like, closets full of all kinds of deodorants for all kinds of occasions. I never use deodorant. My wife constantly using deodorant. There's two different types, you know, old world. I suppose that's right. I suppose that's right. There are what are called people that have grooming habits. And the people who don't have I'm very it. European. I'm very European. Let me leave it at that. Hey, I crank open the hydrant once a week, old school style, and I just slosh it all out. But it's so easy for me. I put on the same garb every day. I know. Winter or summer. But I have to tell you, I growing up in New York City, I used to be, oh, New York City is great. We get all four seasons and everything else. I have come to realize, and I'm going to be 59 in a couple of months, I prefer warm weather. I prefer just wearing shorts and a T-shirt. I perform not have to worry about it. No coats and and all this other kind of stuff. So I, I I agree with it, but of it's course. getting crazy out there. You're a true Jew. Your next stop is <laughs> no, going to be Bucharestone, the sixth borough of the city of New York. Jews love love the warm weather. They hate the no, cold weather. No, we're just weather. used to wandering the desert for exactly. years at a time. <laughs> Whether you're Sephardic, which uh, RFK Jr. gave a pass to, or you're the Ashkenazis, where he said, you Ashkenazi Jews. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let me get back on track here, because I do concur with you about global warming and climate change. As you know, our colleagues here at WABC do not. But I've always said, look at what's happening. We're burning all these fossil fuels. We're creating basically a percolator, uh, almost like uh, an oil burner effect in the rest of the world and in our own. And look at, we're now beginning to suffer the ramifications. And a lot of people think, nah, it's just, it's just different weather cycles, different weather patterns. You keep thinking that out there. Exactly. 
when one day there's no North Pole, right? And you wish Santa Claus going to make all the presents for the kids. It's also towards the end there. There was a there was a caller who said, "Oh, the, why do we want migrants here? We have global warming." Migration, all these na- natural occurring things are what lead to migration. When people, by and large, and I know this might pivot into a conversation we're going to have, by and large want to stay in their homes. They don't want to travel f- countries away. They do it for work. They do it for economic reasons. They do it to make feel safe. And a lot of time they do it is because it's just unlivable and untenable in the place that they live, and they're looking for some well, place to seek refuge. Look, one of the greatest songs of all time, Led Zeppelin, the immigration song, is not about anybody coming from Central America or the West Indies or South America or Southeast Asia. It's about the Norsemen, the Vikings, who had to leave the Arctic cold and were looking for new lands where they could actually farm. That's when it came across, if you believe their version, that they discovered the new world. Eric the Red Leaf Erickson, Greenland, Newfoundland, you know, Halifax, Prince Edward Island. I don't believe that version, but if you want to believe it, go ahead and knock yourself out. But that's when people say, oh, yeah, Led Zeppelin, the immigrants are... I said, no, no, no. It has to do with Norsemen. It's a different group. It has to do with Vikings. And I'm telling you, I concur with you on that. I believe that we are really going to suffer as a result of global warming, climate change. Everybody thinks they have the answers, and they really don't have the answers. We are just burning too many fossil fuels, too many things, too many cows farting out there. You know, bovine argon. We, We can go right on down the line. And too many people. Too many people. Eight billion people in this world. Too many people. Well, also, if you you get air conditioning and then suddenly Florida, Arizona, and Texas, you know, people are, oh, we're losing, we're losing people to different states. Well, we all, New York lost a lot of populations mostly because of air conditioning came online. And suddenly places like Florida were habitable when they weren't before. But even with air conditioning, even with modern technology, look at what's going on in Phoenix, Arizona yeah. right now. It is you can't go out of doors even in even in nighttime because no. it's ninety and, degrees. And I've been in Phoenix. I have guardian angels at times when it's approach approaching one hundred and twenty dry heat, and my red sateen jacket was hermetically sealed to my body. I remember we were sitting in a Denny's at like two o'clock in the morning, right, waiting for the grand slam. The waitress was just like schwitzing out, and the the hot winds from Sierra Madre uh, Mountains. We're coming down. It's like a blast furnace. It's 118 yeah. degrees at night. It gets hot. Well, and if you look around Phoenix, you could have wonderful ball fields for the kids, wonderful parks, wonderful school. If you're, if it's too hot to even be out of doors, none of those quality of life things. Not enough water. Right. No, none of those quality of life things, you know, you really are. And then you have the other problem of suburban sprawl in so many places. Well, Phoenix, you know, is the fastest growing metropolitan area in the country. There's all the snowbirds, although they don't even get snow anymore. Yeah. In Minnesota and Wisconsin, you know, they would come down there uh, in the uh, in the winters. And then they'd go back to the lakes in Wisconsin and Minnesota in the summers. But now it's like, wow, it's a furnace. And 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 everyone is going to be like, well, what do we do about it? There's not much government can do when you get up to But what we can look. The only problem is and I talk about this in my podcast this week, the middle of if Joe Biden wanted to, he can declare a national emergency and say this is a climate emergency. And then he can do things like order that they keep oil in the ground in order that they don't export, in order that they stop drilling. You could have a Jimmy Carter style. A hundred percent. That's exactly. Except Jimmy Carter was wearing this sweater at the time. Remember, that killed him. But but it's funny. I make that exact point. Yes. Like you got to shake the nation out of its. Oh, there's nothing we can do about this. 
but it is... Well, you know what it gets down to. I'm a believer in nuclear energy. A lot of the people who are believers in green energy, I'm a believer in green energy, but I said some of it's got to be nuclear energy. If you don't use nuclear energy, you can never build enough windmills. You can never do enough natural means to generate all the energy we need. And they clash with nuclear energy all the time. Well, it's funny. A lot of the environmental communities come around on nuclear energy because everyone realizes that we need a bridge technology, that you're not – you're right. Maybe at some point we're going to have windmills everywhere and solar panels on our backs and things like that. But, but you do need a bridge technology. The problem still is, always has been and always will be the problem. When you're done making nuclear energy, you are creating forever, ever, ever waste that we have no idea what to do with and can't figure out what to do. You think a, a train traveling across country with, with, with chemicals in it is a problem? A train traveling across country with oh, nuclear absolutely. waste in it could be a potential. And a, they're burying it all deep in the ground in Nevada, not far from Las Vegas and Pahrump, <laughs> but eventually they're going to run out of space there. I mean, they've got the deepest uh, tunnels in the world, deep underneath Nevada, and they bury barrel after barrel of those spent nuclear rods, uh, the spent, but I still say you gotta go with nuclear. No, I, I, I think, listen, these are not perfect options, but the one thing I do know is that if, if the moment we become less reliant on oil is the, and be more reliant on things like the sun, I don't mind investing in things that take an infinite resource like the sun or an infinite resource. Every time we invest more in oil, it's, it's supporting our enemies. It's propping up the Saudis. It's propping up the Iranians. It's propping up the Russians. If for no other reason than national security, we, we have to start, And imagine start. if you were in DeSantis land now, Florida, or even down in Mar-a-Lago, Trump land, and you went into the water, either in the Gulf of Mexico or the Atlantic Ocean, it's 90 degrees the water. Remember, you used to schwitz on Miami Beach. Oh, it's hot. You went into the water. Yeah, nice and cool. The water was like 68, maybe 70 max. Now the water's 90 the degrees. The water's in the 90s by the Everglades. Yeah, I was down there this week to, to film something, to tape something. And they have these deluges that leave. There's no infrastructure. Now there's too much concrete everywhere, so there's nowhere for the water to go. Oh, yeah. It is really a, an example of like, you know, look, I get it. I kind of see the appeal, the warm part, but there's so much urban sprawl and suburban sprawl down there, too. We got to come up with an answer. You don't have man. enough water. You see, it all right. comes the, the wars in the future. When I was in the Middle East and I visited Israel the first time for the 50th anniversary, and they said, would you like to see the River Jordan? Oh, yeah, that's where John uh, the Baptist uh, 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 gave uh, Jesus Christ his first uh, baptism, right? I look at the little trickle, yeah. and it was like polluted. And Jordan's on one side, Israel's on the other side. And I said, you know, I don't think it's olive oil or oil out of the ground that's going to cause World War III. I think it's water. Now, yeah. They're ahead of the curve, both the Israelis and the Saudis. They have these uh, salination plants, these salination plants, where they take the ocean water. Very expensive. And reverse, they convert reverse it to, osmosis or something like that. Yeah, It takes yeah. like four years to build one plant. We have a few in California, but we're way behind the curve, way behind the curve. In the Middle East, if they didn't do that, they would have bupkis, zero water, because... Again, they got sand, they got deserts. Well, that's the thing. In 1948, when the, when, when the nation of Israel was founded... And they took this spit of land that no one really wanted. It was like everyone talks about, oh, my God, it's just been a battle over Israel since the morning. No, they didn't like it because there were Jews in their neighborhood, but they didn't want this piece of land in particular. And many of the refugees, so to speak, on that on that land or from that land were in the worst parts of it. They they created basically wine out of out of nothing. They created water out of nothing there with their their technology around irrigation, with their technology around reverse desalination. 
But you're right. Ultimately, it's a population thing. If everyone wants to live in Florida and live in Arizona or live in warm parts of, of California, everyone's going to want to eat. Everyone's going to want to water their lawns. Everyone's going to go to their car wash. Something's got to give. And I don't think we've done a good enough job of kind of like realizing we have to make some type of sacrifice in order to in, in order to make survival in this country a, a reality. Well, that's why you have the big mockers out there investing in space travel, because Musk, uh, and then uh, again you have Mr. Amazon and the rest of them who believe the world will be so overpopulated that we're going to have to transport future civilizations or parts of them to different unoccupied planets in our solar system. Or nuclear waste, right? I mean, I would not be at all surprised if one of a company emerges once they get the technology to be able to travel that says we're a cargo company. We're going to take nuclear waste shipments and we're going to move to – it's cheaper and less problems to launch them into space and bring them to the moon. So you mean a love canal in space. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There was a, a – a, a sliver of land between Niagara Falls, which if anybody has ever been to the American side of Niagara Falls, it is a disaster. It is like, oh, my God, this is not bucolic. Canadian side, the falls are better. They have amusement parks. It's green. They have casinos. It's 10,000 times better. But before you reached Niagara Falls from Buffalo, it was a place called Love Canal. I've been there. The most miserable set of circumstances you can imagine when it was a major industrial complex, Buffalo, that whole Erie County area, they were dumping toxic chemicals into the canal. If you ended up falling into that canal, you would radiate, you know, at night. You would glow in the hey, dark. F- families within a radius of, of 15, 20 miles of that thing were having cancers, were having diseases. I mean, that's how it became n- notable. It's like, like Babies basic, being born with two heads. 100%. It, it, and look... It may well come to that. But anyway, what we have to discuss later on is I was out in the streets with Vicky Palladino, one of the two real big races, general races in city council. I call them the heavyweight battles. Vicky Palladino, who's already the city councilwoman in northern Queens, versus Tony Avella, who has served in every capacity. He is a veteran campaigner. I'll give you an update of how the socialists have now aligned themselves with uh, Avella. I was out there with Vicky Palladino. The battle has begun. And then the Ari Kagan battle versus Justin South Brennan. Brooklyn, yeah. They're both in city council. They're both pros. I'm hosting a fundraiser for Ari Kagan on August 3rd at Gargiulio's, a place that didn't often want me years ago. <laughs> Say, Curtis, you're too hot to handle. But we are talking some really big battles that could shape the future of the city council. And the way I framed it, Moderates versus socialists, not about party labels anymore, because the most extreme elements of the Democratic Party are uh, gaining. You want to make everybody that you're Tony Avella a socialist. That's a stretch. Well, they were holding those signs today they, for Tony Avella, yeah, the socialist, that, socialist that, for right. Tony Avella. No, no, everybody, you know politics. Politics has strange bedfellows from one election cycle to the next. Well, the one thing, the one divining rule, maybe it's the first rule, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's ah. the first rule. Well, your friend is Eric Adams. And up next, you've got to explain the inn is closed. They're coming in every day, according to the mayor at his recent press conference, about 2,000, sometimes a day. He shipped some up outside of Albany. Uh, and he wants the National Guard to give out flyers. But the National Guard is saying, we're not giving out no stinking flyers. That's not our job responsibility. He wants ICE to give out flyers not to come to New York City at the border. And he goes, ICE says, that's not our job. 
you got to explain to me where are we going with all of this because it appears to me that once again the swagger man has no plan when it comes to the surge of migrants to continue to pour into New York City because they say, man, there's gold in them streets, and if it ain't in them streets, it's in those three-star hotels they put us up in. It's left versus right. I know you're schwitzing out there. Some of you are angry at me and Anthony because we're brothers in solidarity on global warming and climate change. Tough nuggies, you're entitled to your own opinions. That's what makes America go round, the diversity of opinions that I can agree with Anthony on one subject. And the next subject, we're at war with one another. This is your place to be, WABC. Left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, please, for your sympathy, I Well, Eric Adams is saying, I may have welcomed you, but now I want you, after 60 days, if you're a single, able-bodied male and you're a migrant, you got to find your own shelter. We're kicking you out of the shelters. We have nowhere to put people any longer. Uh, you saw he shipped uh, about a 1,000 to a Super 8 uh, uh, motel. That's about as bad as you can get, Motel 6, Super 8, uh, up in Rotterdam, right outside of Albany. And they had to dislodge some of the homeless people that were being housed mm-hmm. by the county there. So it's it's just a mishigasha mesh. And to me, the mayor has no real plan. His latest idea is he was going to have the New York State National Guard hand out flyers because they're assigned to some of the places where the migrants are housed. Uh, and in Spanish, it says to them. At the border. Uh, no, first here in the places, you know. Because right, I read them. he was also had requested he wanted to go down literally to yeah. the border. Yeah. And both the the locals and the federal government said you can't no. do that. No, they're saying we're not, we're not here to hand out your leaflets. You yeah. want to come down, hand out your leaflets, go ahead, knock yourself out. What the mayor just doesn't seem to understand is he keeps comparing it to old-style immigration. When my grandparents came over, when they would write to relatives here, it would come over by sea, sometimes arrive, sometimes not arrive. My grandmother, Nicoletta, was the one who could write. My grandfather could not. She would tell me before she passed away, it would sometimes take eight months to get a response. Eight mm-hmm. months. And you're lucky if you got a yeah, response yeah. because you're planning to make the passage. Now, all the migrants, they photobomb. They have social networking. So if they like where they are in New York City, they're posting. So any relatives or friends back in their villages, wherever they may be in South America, Central America, the Dominican Republic, are saying, yeah, and they're being encouraged well, to that's, come. But that's the argument for what Eric Adams is doing. Eric Adams knows that every time they make an announcement about the status of where where the, the undocumented are going to be going, where these asylee applicants are going to be going, 
the the people hear it. He's trying to communicate through the media, through these networks. Don't come to New York <laughs> if you think that it is going to be the the fundamental. By the way, the reason he's doing this, kicking out the single guys and putting in the families, he is bucking for a fight with the homeless organizations sure. around the sure. around the laws on this. He and I have said this to you. I think that's perfectly. I think he should pick a fight. But he's got it. Go the whole nine yards. He can't half step, and he's got a name and shame. So I noticed the guy who has aligned himself is Stephen Banks. Now, to a lot of our listeners, like, well, who's Stephen Banks? Stephen Banks used to be in charge of legal aid. Then when de Blasio was elected, he put him in charge of homeless services. He started developing the shelters, the many shelters you saw. They were contentious battles. The first one, you remember, was in Maspeth, the Holiday Inn. That's when uh, all of a sudden Councilman Robert Holden came to light. He hadn't been elected into office. It was issues like that that caused a whole new wave of people to get elected around the shelter issue. And then Stephen Banks was the primary choice of Eric Adams. Eric Adams said, well, if I'm elected mayor, I'm going to keep Stephen Banks. And the blowback was intense. He went in a different direction. But now Stephen Banks is suing the city. Right. And Stephen Banks, just to to the summary of that arc, is Stephen Banks was the thorn in the side of administrations since Scotch because he was constantly suing on behalf of the homeless. I don't know what he – I don't think he was around for the Callahan decision, but he was doing the lawsuit saying we've got to enforce this Callahan decree saying that people have a right to housing in New York City, something they have a right to nowhere else. de Blasio says, all right, rather than fight him, I'm going to get him to join me. They start to put up these things, living out the aspirations of the homeless, because that's where de Blasio's heart was. Most of them were American-born. No, 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 I'm saying they're American-born. I don't know what what the the breakdown was, but it wasn't an immigration housing issue at that time. So now the fight is, can we still live with this idea that anyone who comes to, to, to New York has to be offered housing? Now Banks is back in his role of fighting on behalf of the Coalition for the Homeless, who is the party to the Callahan decision. And legal aid. And, and the American Civil Liberties Union. Right. But the, the idea being, and I just want your listeners to understand how difficult it would be if you or I were mayor. You have this law, a law. Well, it's the it has the force of law. It's a consent decree, which has the force of law that says anyone who wants to have housing in New York City that presents themselves to the mayor of the city of New York, you get housing. We did not obviously envision this with thousands of people coming in every week by bus, but he's now stuck with that. So you have said you got to go all the way. Well, the only all the way is is to ignore the law, get the courts involved, and the courts are probably going to say you have no choice. But you see, Anthony, the public would be on the side of the mayor. All his argument has to be is, look, We've taken him 50,000. I know, but that's optics. That's I know, not the law. But it's more than all other cities combined, which is true. 100%. We've done our fair share. The next bus, I'm going to warn him in advance. I'm going to let you stop at the Port Authority. You can, you know, use the facilities. We'll give you a nice box lunch. But then I'm turning the bus There's around, no sending it to D.C. You don't turning anything around. There's no law that says people can turn be turned buses around. What law are you going to rely upon? You block them from coming. You don't block them with bodies of police officers? Of course. Well, I mean, of course. That's what are you going to do? Before. Are you going to lock up the police officers? No. You're going to lock up the mayor? That's the point I'm making, is that we don't hire police officers to to arm in arm in front of a, of, of, a, of a bus depot where someone has every right to be on a bus to New York. Who, yeah, but other than the socialists. Everybody else is going to say, especially black people, they're going to say, wait a second. But when you've you're done the, enough, for I them. understand the rhetoric around it. I understand the rhetoric. 
I don't understand the legal option that he has as mayor. If what, you what, what or are the I were mayor. What are the ramifications? If he says, that's it, we're stopping the buses. If you we, break the laws, the yes. mayor of the city of New yeah. York, you get sued. Good. You have to change your position and you pay a bunch of money no, for taxpayer dollars. I, I think taxpayers would be more than happy to back the mayor up on this. It isn't a question of whether it's popular or not. That's what the laws are about. We don't take a, we would say, oh, we do something illegal because it's popular. Well, that's not the way it works. It's bankrupting the city. Anthony, I get it. We have had Tom DiNapoli on the 5 o'clock roundtable discussion. I've heard him now three times with John and Rita and their co-hosts. He is sounding more dire every parent. And you know Tom DiNapoli. I get it. I believe the mayor and the, the residents of the city of New York are victims of this broken system. There's no disputing that. The only question is, is like when, when, when you're taking this, throwing everything against the wall to see what stick strategy of the a- Adams administration, you say, well, that's a stupid idea. That's a stupid idea. These are not ideal circumstances, but the problem is he does not have the final arrow in his quiver just to say, we don't have housing for but you. he never names and shames Biden. He's now It's starting- not Biden. What, what, what do you mean it's not it's Biden? It's not Biden. You've got to change the laws, and he's not a lawmaker, Biden. You never say it to Nicole Maliotakis. You never say it to King. What's going on? You're, 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 you control Congress. Change the laws. You really think that's going to fly with our population here that is facing I know fiscal you, dissolvement? You keep saying that the, people don't like the status quo. I agree. But if you want to change the status quo, you change the law. So what do we do? Elect Democrats? Is that what you're saying? I, I believe the answer to every question is to elect Democrats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I believe. Well, that ain't going to fly. So the point is, Anthony Weiner. Well, what if you're Adams? You're suggesting illegal things. Okay. What? And he doesn't do illegal things now. They ignore laws now. Uh, I. Well, How you're many not laws saying, do they yeah, ignore? But, but you're doing a different thing than saying ignore someone throwing litter on the street. You're saying break the law yourself by arresting up um a a, a, a bus driver. Absolutely. Warn them in advance. You come here. It doesn't, you can warn whoever you want. You come here. We're not only arresting you, Mr. Bus Driver or Miss Bus Driver. We're, we're seizing your bus. We're impounding your bus. Under what authority? And we're, under what authority? Take us to court. They haven't committed any crime. Take us to court. But the answer is when you are the chief law enforcement officer of the city of New York, you don't just wantonly break laws and say, hey, take us to court. You know how many laws we break every day here? Listen, we just played a 13. We don't cooperate with ICE. We just paid a 13. That's not a federal law. We just paid a $13 million uh, penalty for for violating people's rights during the protest. We chose to pay. We chose to pay. Eric well, we, Adams we chose, chose to play we Black chose, Lives Matter demonstrations. We chose, we chose not to wait for a court to hand, to, to hand down a decision for hundreds of millions of dollars and settle to pay $15 million. That's called a settlement. We don't settle if oh, we so, think we're going to so win. So you really think that Eric Adams wanted to fight the Black Lives Matter demonstrators who got rewarded for their battles with the police during No, no, the- no. Those people, those are the people who had their rights violated. They were protesting oh, lawfully. Oh. Because if they weren't did protesting I, raw, lawfully, rights, they couldn't collapse. Did I have my rights violated when Black Lives Matter broke my jaw? Yeah. Yes, you certainly did. They did they get arrested? No. Hmm. So what does that do? The Should people I get that, online now for my payout? If you protested lawfully or did anything lawfully and you were arrested by the police, you get money for that. Oh. That's how we enforce so the law. I become a blood sucker too on the system. By the way, who is out there painting Black Lives Matter every day I, in the midst of this Michigan? I thought, I thought you supported our Constitution. Absolutely. You support civil rights. 
You and support, I support civil you, disobedience. A hundred percent. Civil. Civil. But you don't get money for for doing civil disobedience. No, the police department rounded these people up in violation of their <sighs> rights. And what did these people do? Throw Molotov cocktails no, at police, if at you police violate, vehicles, if you violate, cops. If you violate the law, you weren't eligible for the settlement. These are people that did nothing wrong. Oh, they just happened to be out there. Protesting. And the, and the cops came up You don't on know them. anything about protests. Of course I do. I've been arrested many times there for protesting. But go. I've never once asked for a nickel, diamond, penny. That's part because of civil disobedience. Every, no, they did everything according to Hoyle with you. They I violated know. these but people's let's rights. Let's be honest. Who is painting Black Lives Matter every day with Bill de Blasio? He made a career of it. Eric Adams. You don't see any Black Lives Matter uh, signs being painted in the streets anymore because they become big, large mansions. They ripped <laughs> us off, Anthony. <laughs> that that brand is definitely banging. Yeah, up yeah. Well, off. they ripped us off, and they get thirteen million dollars. Well, you're talking they, but the protesters that didn't, that were out there protesting on behalf of Black Lives who didn't do anything wrong. You know these protesters when they were told their class action suit has been settled with the city, went out and partied all night, right? They partied with money they don't even have yet. <laughs> they went to the, illegal, to the break of dawn. They went to the nearest illegal pot shop. That's right. Like, that's <laughs> right. Weed up. Weed up. Blaze up. Blaze up. Anyway, up next, we've got to talk about the serial killers uh, out. Notice I used the plural I know, term. I know. Killers. I've been following this. And the battles that have been waged here at WABC, it's divided many of us. But this is, we have become, I said this to John the other night. We have become the leading station in the nation on this stuff. Absolutely. And a lot of it's you. Because most everyone else, what are they talking about? It's Hunter Biden's cocaine. Hunter Biden, Trump. It's sort of like, guess what? You can leave that for a week. Come back next week. It's still all going to be there. We're right on top of this issue. In fact, the investigation from the serial killings out in... uh, uh, out in the south shore of Long Island, has now taken a little bit of a turn to Atlantic City, which I spoke about in 2006 right here on WABC as being linked to those unsolved murders. There's so much in common, and I'll break it down for you, uh, Anthony, because I was involved in the Atlantic City investigation. I was not involved, obviously, in what had first transpired out in Suffolk County. Anyway, this is your place to be. It's battleground in the uh, northeast region. Over the serial killings that took place in actually 2006, first ones in Atlantic City, four, then the serial killings 2010 in the South Shore, and then some other unsolved serial killings, which has led me to piss people off by branding Nassau County home of the serial killers and Suffolk County home of where you put those people that you've killed as serial killers, right here on your place to be, left versus right, Anthony Weiner, Curtis Lee on WABC. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. 
Yes, Anthony Weiner. It all starts out in Long Island, home of the serial killers and serial killings. Per capita, per person, I've made the point since uh, the 1980s. More serial killers uh, are in uh, Long Island, specifically housed in Nassau, and more of their victims are dumped in Suffolk County than anywhere else in the country, including California, which we always thought was synonymous with serial killers and serial killings going back to the Night Stalker, Richie Ramirez. I was involved in that investigation with the Guardian Angels. Uh, the Zodiac Killer was never caught. Some others. Well, you you track it. And Nassau and Suffolk combined population, what, we're talking maybe three and a half million. California, 40 million. The largest territorial United States uh, state. That's a hell of a lot of serial and, killers and, and a, hell of a hell of a lot of serial killers. Right. And with the exception of Son of Sam, New York City, which everyone says is so dangerous and so crazy, we don't really generate a lot of these types of no. – of, we, we don't have that you – know, we have a – my theory of it is always is that we bounce off each other like molecules in a microwave all the time. We're too constantly congested. Too we're congested. constantly letting right. off steam. We're cursing each other. We're pushing each other. That we don't ever have the guy that not ever, but we don't have people that like show up at Seven Elevens with Uzis like. And other now there are cameras everywhere, every right. square inch There's of urban too, right. New York City. Whereas in the suburbs, not necessarily so. Uh, so since the eighties, there have been a series of infamous serial killers. And many, many bodies that have been left in their wake. Most of them prostitutes. And so back in 2010, uh, it started the series of bodies being found that were attached to the serial killer. They call it Gilgo Beach. Now, were you interested in it then? Yes. Or did you only recently pick up? No, I was, I was interested because I actually had been out in the Mauritius, which is further east, when TWA Flight 800 went down. And Pataki was there, and D'Amato, and Peter King was there, and the FBI director. Everybody was there. Because, remember, the thought was the flight was heading to Israel. Was this a form of terrorism? And also all kinds of stories from the ground that there was a missile flash that seemed yeah, to go from and the ground. I, I still back the uh, theory that it was a missile, okay? Although uh, the law enforcement authorities, they put the whole plane back together very meticulously and said not. Okay. Meantime, I got poison oak while I was out there, poison ivy. <laughs> From the brambles, you know, they yeah, call yeah, it the yeah, bramble. Yeah. It is intense. You get scratched up. It is difficult terrain and turf to negotiate. And it is clearly the South Shore. And what I've learned in my many years out in uh, Nassau and Suffolk, there is a clear division. People who live on the North Shore are snobs. They think they're better than people on the South Shore. Uh, the people on the South Shore, they describe as being like hillbillies, you know, like uh, trailer park trash. I mean, they say the word John Gambling, a person you know, right, I know. Right. Mm-hmm. I asked him one time, I said, John, what do you know about Freeport, the nautical mile, you know, where they have all the yachts, the ships, they got the canals. It's like a little Venice. Because I never go to the South Shore. <laughs> I said, John, why? No, we don't travel past Mid-Island. Then Flirty Flipper, Jill Vitale, right? Used to be producer for so many shows. Mm-hmm. Lived in Huntington. I said, Flirty, my youngest sons, they want to go to Splish Splash. What, did you ever take your kids there? Said, no, we never go to Splish Splash. I said, why? The kids are excited. You know, it's all the water yeah, yeah. Uh, sports and that. The kids from the South Shore there, you know, they carry <laughs> knives. The, the prejudice between North Shore, Mid-Island, and South Shore. But also the South Shore still has, like, wild parts of it, yes. you know, environmentally. It's still, like, untouched. Not untouched, but it's, like, 
thickets of, yeah. of and stuff. My wife Nancy is from Bohemia. That's yeah. right, yeah, right there. Yeah. You know, they're like uh, Ronkonkoma, you know, Suffolk County, very rural. It's not like anywhere else. It's not like Nassau County. In fact, many of those places, they still don't have piped water and piped sewage. They have a cesspool, and they get their water from the aquifer, which I think contributes to their madness because they're drinking water that is tainted with well, sewage. Well, also, like, and just to look at the history, when Robert Moses built these highways heading out to the east, it was farmland. It was like it was only because of that th- those highways, and that's, by the way, he made no effort to build a train going down the middle of any of these things because he didn't want the riffraff from the city coming out. He saw this as creating this this new suburbia and then with Levittown after the war. But the South Shore, when you look at these pictures that are emerging now, it looks like wildlife in those areas. Yeah. Oh, that and particularly further east in Suffolk. Okay. So 2010 is when this whole mystique takes place. Uh, is it a serial killer or serial killers? A total of about 18 bodies that are left there in the South Shore in all different kind of positions. They arrested one guy in Manorville for two of them. Obviously, they just arrested Architect Rex, I call him, for three, but it's really four. They just haven't tied up all the loose knots. They'll probably go for an indictment on that. But then there are all these other bodies that they haven't tied to anybody yet. But when Rodney Harrison came from the NYPD, he was brought on by Steve Malone, the outgoing county executive, and Tierney was elected the new DA, Republican conservative. Within a year, they put together a task force with the FBI, the state troopers. Everyone is involved, and boy, have they made progress. It's gotten to the point where the most recent headlines are that architect Rex, who lived in, uh, like, the Munster house, uh, you know, the Adams family house, you would say to yourself, how could a house like that continue to exist? In Massapequa Park, where everyone is obsessed with property values, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like he had plywood on the windows. Uh, you had a neighbor. I played the cuts in the wee hours in the morning. Yeah, he was burning garbage at night. He was digging holes at night. And no reports apparently surfaced. Yeah. Now, either they were intimidated of him or all of a sudden the bureaucracy made all those reports go away. So if I suggest that the police didn't do their job that the local authorities didn't do their job. Forgive me, nothing was done for 13 years, and I come to that conclusion. Now, all of a sudden, I'm anti-cop. Yeah, but here's the problem with that case. By the way, Tierney is going to be on with John Katzimatidis tomorrow, and he has some interesting things to say, I've been told. The problem with all of the theories about the cover-ups is you've got hundreds of police officers involved over the course of the last 10, 15, 10 years. So the idea that something was covered up sooner or later, there would have been an officer, there would have been a detective on the case who whispered in some reporter's ear at Newsday, something's going on here. I mean, I know there has been smoke, but the idea that this is a conspiracy of silence around these well, cases. it kept the FBI out. Tierney himself admitted that with Sid Rosenberg in the But morning. did he ever explain why, what the thinking was yes, at the time? he explained it. He said they didn't want him in because eventually we ended up coming in and arresting their police chief, Burke, their DA, Spoda, their integrity. I know, but why not let them come in and investigate these murders? Because it's in there, it's in the police department's interest to solve the murder. Yep, but they already knew they were corrupt, and that if the FBI got into their nest, they would sense the corruption. They just didn't want anyone. You know, there was the other thing, and I know. Now you know. Also said that Zeldin, Lee Zeldin, who lives in Shirley and stuff, came on with Sid and said exactly the same thing. But you know, here's the thing that's also we have to remember a little bit. My memory of these cases, and it's not as good as yours was that there was a little bit of an element of, well, they're only, they're, 
they're women of the night, they're sex workers. Yeah. It was not seen, it, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds so callous in 2023. I think the, the, the families were minimized. I think the fact that the victims were who they were made this an easier thing to brush under the, under yeah, the and rug. And it had nothing to do with color because the victims right. in, in uh, Long Island and the victims in Atlantic City were all the same. Yeah. White, short in stature, Many of them killed exactly the same way. They were strangled. And, in fact, the Atlantic City murders that I was directly involved in the investigation because one of the young ladies was from Canarsie and the family and friends had contacted me. Unfortunately, a lot of these women developed crack habits, meth habits, but also, And habits. also it was it was the, the early days of Craigslist being used for this kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. It was a way to kind of find them, not looking at the back pages of the Village Voice and other things like the, that. The women in uh, Atlantic City were picked up in the streets. There is a thriving streetwalker industry in Atlantic City. That's the argument against having casinos. You know, everybody says, oh, you have a casino. You're going to deal with the urban decay, the crime. You go to Atlantic City today. It's in just as bad shape as when they put up those first casinos because nobody leaves the casinos. Yeah. They go to the casino, they stay in the casino, maybe they walk the boardwalk. They don't go into the city. They've built shops, they've built malls. Nothing attracts them into so the city. So how do you blow the lid off this? You have to get someone who has already been sentenced, who's already done his time, to kind of say, yeah, uh, this was part of what my crime was, was we covered this kind of thing up. Well, I guess that has to happen. There right? was a state senator who served for, gee, about 18 years uh, in uh, Albany. He was first assemblyman, Phil Boyle, uh-huh, Republican yeah. conservative, and then he went into the state senate. He left office last year. He wrote scathing letters to Steve Ballone, implicating Burke, the police chief, in a way implica- implicating Ballone himself. He brought it to Tish James. He said, you need to have a special prosecutor. With Tish James, if your name isn't Trump, she's not interested also, in doing an investigation. Right. Also, then, you know, she doesn't have really criminal powers, though. I mean, right, but you, you would be it. investigating corruption right. and that kind of thing. But think of it. Phil Boyle is a Republican conservative, right? So he was pointing out his own folks. But, is, but this was all internal Republican versus Republican, that, that Most, area anyway, And the conservative right? chairman, Walsh, right, right, went right, to jail. Right, yeah. Uh, Spoda, now, uh, at the time, the county executive Ballone. So let's get to the bottom line. Are there going to be more arrests, do you think? I think what they're going to do is they're going to end up pinning everything on Architect Rex and then slam the book on this instead of uh, continuing what should be continued investigations into other serial killings. I believe that some of the police back then and some of the elected officials were involved. And I'm not the only one. But it one. doesn't seem like they're going to – they have – I mean, there's so many bodies that some of them don't even seem connected to the same pattern. Well, I what mean, I say is you got to make up for lost time. It should have been done back in 2010, right. 2012. They, they kept the FBI out. They thought that Superstorm Sandy would come in and wipe out all the DNA and but all the bones. But is this a dumping ground like – and not to disparage any of my old communities, but sometimes we would have – "Quote unquote floaters in Sheepshead Bay because yes. of the currents from. Is this a place that you think maybe other nefarious things they just dump the body? There. It could they, be, yeah. But it's got to be fully pursued. Now that we yeah. have a task force in place that finally has the FBI with the state troopers with Suffolk County, Nassau County working together, it must be a full court press to resolve all of them. And I don't want to hear them blaming architect uh, Rex for all of them, because right. that to me is going to say, sense. right. And by the way, I've also said, beware, architect Rex sits there in a single solitary cell 
in uh, Suffolk County Jail with no hope for the future. Everything is lost. He knows more things than he's willing to talk about. Very shrewdly, when they tried to talk to him on the long ride out to Yampang from arresting him in uh, Manhattan, he, he lawyered up. He said, I'm not saying anything. Talk to my lawyer. And by the way, people you know, said, how can anybody deal with this guy? Look at him. In Brooklyn Heights, not far from where Rabbi Joe Potashnik has his shul, you know, there are many co-op boards. Do you know who the go-to architect was in dealing also with the maze? Also in my old neighborhood of Park Slope. Right. Yeah. The maze, they all went to this guy because everybody said, look, as eccentric, as weird as he was, nobody could negotiate and navigate the intricate series of laws that have been set up by the Department of Buildings of the City of New York. Well, also this industry between the Board of Standards and Appeals, the Planning Commission, and the, the, if you have a niche that a certain type of building is yeah. your specialty, that's that's a, that's a business. And whenever there was a problem, you know what the battle cry was? Call Architect Rex. Really? He'll know how to get us through this maze. Actors, actresses, lawyers, hedge fund but monsters. Here's the thing. By the way, next week I'm revealing who these people were who hired him. Who all of a sudden are running for cover. It sounds like it sounds like yeah, no, running like, for cover. Sounds like your wife's been on this job. Oh, my wife Nancy, <laughs> she does the deep pot. And by the way, she's from that area in Suffolk County. Yeah. Nobody has yet figured out that that's like a small town out there. Yeah. When she went to Stony Brook, everybody knew everyone. But so does Nancy think there was a? How can you cover up in that kind of neighborhood? Everyone's a yenta out there. They all talk. That's what the cover-up no, theory falls down. No, you see, a lot of that area is like deliverance. Oh, the outside. I the know outsiders. we have our percept. When she introduced me to Bohemia and the surrounding areas near Lake Ronkonkoma and that, at times you think it's deliverance. I'm yeah. going to leave it at that. And that. a lot of folks have guns out there. It wasn't just architect wrecks. Imagine this, 300 guns in its basement, in a safe... 92 permits from the Nassau County Police Department. I discovered that he has a carry permit that was issued by some county in New York State. There are 62 counties. He's registered with the New York State Police Department for a concealed carry permit, which he was entitled to. He had no but none no of arrest. the Yeah, but the bodies weren't gun. They, they weren't gun. No, but, but, the, but, I mean, like but the, the fact that I would even bring this up, you're anti-cop. Hey, look, you guys know which county issued him that. A concealed carry permit. Just let the public know. We have a right to know. But nobody wants to say yeah. nothing. He is architect Rex. When all is said and done, he is an untouchable because he knows things that they're going to want him to take to his grave. And I'm telling you, beware. It's either a Jeffrey Epstein style suicide or some MS-13 member of which they're filled there with guys who are going to go upstate and do triple life without parole. Stick a shiv underneath his ribs. Not happening. They got to keep this guy alive, or yeah, else, or yeah, else, yeah, sure. Or else the suspicions will even turn up on them. They, they, they have a patsy. They have a patsy. Let me tell you something. Curtis Lee would trust nobody. Like it says at the start of my program, I trust no politicians. With me, it's the reverse of what Ronald Reagan said: trust and verify. With me, you verify yourself, then I'll trust you. I don't trust. Well, I will say this about you. You are not a conspiracy theory guy. Nope. Like you usually have a thread, a source or something. And, uh, and I think that that's why we're, we're doing well on the story. I'm learning a lot when I listen to you and sit in the morning. uh, Actors and actresses out there, prominent lawyers in the community in Brooklyn Heights and uh, hedge fund monsters. 
you better come clean now and let everybody know you hired Architect Rex because he was the best in the business. Don't run because you can't hide. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. <laughs> Well, well, Anthony Weiner is running for U.S. Senate to replace Dianne Feinstein in California. Adam Schiff, along with others, he recently got censured by the um, House of Representatives. Am yeah. I correct on and that? And he raised $8 million off it. It was the best thing that ever happened to him. Well, uh, this is the breaking news. Members of the New York State Republican Party leadership are trying to censor me. Now... For what? What the hell does that mean? It means uh, you you have to acknowledge that you were a bad boy or something. But why would they want? You've been the best thing that's happened to them. There's no one who made more outreach to the Asian community than you. No one came closer in a mayoral candidate in a long time than you. You're nonstop drumbeat against Eric Adams, tenderizing him for whoever comes next. Maybe it'll even be you. Well, why would they want to? Well, there's now an effort, and I'm connecting the dots, and I'll announce it with Sid in the morning at 7.05 Monday because I'll have it all connected. Uh, there's a movement, anybody but Curtis. ABC. I've been saying that forever. Right. Anybody but <laughs> Curtis. So in the upcoming mayoral race, we've talked about it here. In fact, Greg Kelly has said to me on his own show, you know, what happens if I run for mayor the next time? I said, well, you're going to be primaried with me if you run as a Republican. Welcome to my world. I want more candidates. I want more debates. I want more diversity. I don't want this like Trump and Biden. I'm not going to debate. We shouldn't have candidates. We should have a coronation. I welcome everybody in. So if you're not happy with Curtis Sliwa, anybody but Curtis, anybody but Sliwa, could come out publicly and say that. Because I'm in the streets working for all these Republicans who are trying to get elected to the city council while all of you are out in the Hamptons well, in what the is your, What is your crime? What are, what are they accusing you well, of? Well, this is what's interesting about censure. You can't take me out of the Republican Party. I still can be a registered Republican. Right. But you can sort of tell people I'm a pariah. Well, what did you do to offend them? I'm criticizing them, as you can see. And oh, I see. Because Nassau County GOP, oh, Suffolk County down, GOP, right? Uh, Staten Island, right? Joe Borelli. I, I, we, we can go through if the laundry. If it's too hot, Rendino in the Bronx. If it's too hot, stay out of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, but they want I'm the bad guy, right? So guess what? They want to censure me. Does this mean I'm going to be like Adam Schiff? If I fundraise off of that, oh, why? Well, I make how much? It'd be great. He, he made eight million bucks off of his. Maybe you'll make a few shekels off uh, yours. Well, up next, Rob Astorino, the former county executive of Westchester, and I will join you tonight again in the overnight back-to-back, belly-to-belly, twelve to six, and I'll give you more on the serial killings in the South Shore of uh, Long Island, and obviously Atlantic City. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.